Comedy LOL Podcast Network. Everybody, welcome back once again to the Terrible Podcast. Today's quote is from a movie. Uh, it's from the movie Fellowship of the Ring from the Lord of the Rings series. And it's and Gandalf. Here it goes. Frodo saying to Gandalf, I wish it need not happen in my time. So do I, said Gandalf, and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Gandalf from Fellowship of the Ring. Hello, Ashley. Hello. Um, You would think with this extensive amount of time off I've been granted that I would watch Lord of the Rings. (laughs) But I haven't. I was really into the Tiger King um, for a second. (laughs) I know. Um, I'm such a poser, but that's all right. Um, I think what I like about this quote, it reminds me of, do you remember, you probably remember that song, like, don't forget to put on sunscreen or whatever. No, uh, no, yes, it's by, um, Boz Lerman. It's like this long poem and it's about, and they put it to like music. And I just remember everyone, I was like in eighth grade was like obsessed with it. Um, anyway, but it says like, yeah, that sounds familiar. I think I know you're talking about. And at and in it, they're saying, like, you know, when you're older, people are going to reminisce about the time when you were younger and, like, politicians were noble and <laughs> uh, were respectful and things like that. And it's like I think there's this, this idealized version of times prior to us and this this hope of in the future it's going to be different. And then always is like, look at where we are now, like, wah, wah. And it's like what you don't realize, which is this is a conversation I've had with several people actually recently uh, not surprising, I think, given the current state of things, but like how history is just naturally repeating cycles. You know, the game's the same, the players are different. And so you have this idea of things in the past being different, or I wish I was born at this time or that time, but there were still obstacles to overcome and things that you had to deal with. Nothing was ever perfect. Yeah. And I love the fact that you brought up that history repeats itself because Maybe it doesn't exactly repeat itself, but it surely does rhyme. And I feel that there's a reason for that. And uh, this quote or this set, you know, these two quotes together kind of have something to do with that, because most people throughout time, if they found themselves in these situations, they might not have chosen to do the right thing. And maybe that's why history keeps repeating itself. Maybe at the critical times, we need enough people to make the right decision uh, about, you know, life and to make the right decisions and um maybe we could break the cycle that's why i do this podcast because i like to talk about stuff like this and like solutions really and so do you think then you know it's kind of like the sliding door scenario that if the situation presents itself in a similar way to a different generation and they go down a different path that means you won't have that situation come up ever again I don't think that it'll come up ever again, but I'm, I'm talking more about what I've discovered is by, um, by my studies, I've been studying human psychology a lot lately in the past year or so, like hardcore. And what I'm finding is that most people individually throughout their behavior, like their everyday behavior is what actually creates our society. 
And what we talk about all the time is how people just will lie to themselves and engage in escape, engage in escapism. Um, you know, they're addicted to drugs, uh, alcohol, sex, um, TV, food, whatever it is, all these things that we use to comfort ourselves while our civilization basically gets driven off of a cliff. And that's mm -hmm. kind of seen, that seems what happens all the time in my study. And what I look into is, and it gets a little conspiratorial because I'm, I'm like, it's not a coincidence guys. Like humans aren't born this way. We're trained to be this way. And I think if that's the case, then there's hope because we could untrain ourselves and we could train ourselves to live like decent human beings and maybe progress to another level, a level, like another higher class of civilization. You know, but that's that's crazy pie in the sky talk. So for now, we'll just do a tarot podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we jump into that, uh, mm. let's talk about kind of what we've been uh, doing. You know, we've taken a few weeks off. I Maybe some people thought we were never coming back. Yeah, this is true. Um, why don't you go first? Okay, so um, since we last recorded, I got to spend some time out in the desert um, in California, so at Joshua Tree. Don't worry, I was keeping my distance from people. Literally, there's no one out there. Um, got to take Gizzy there. Have lost my job, so I'm no longer working in education, just kind of right now floating through life. Um, yeah, trying to stay busy. Well, um... I have similarly lost my job because, I, I mean, I, I didn't lose it, and I still told people that I'd be willing to perform, but nobody wants to hire a DJ right now because of current events. So I, <laughs> but I have been able to do a little bit of like the some voice work that I do, and then I have been working hardcore with this work though, my podcasting and my videos, and I've been hardcore at like, you know. Um, research looking into this stuff because like we were talking about before i'm already somebody who is on the edge of of current events such as this and like um not mainstream sources though you know like i've spoken to people that look at mainstream sources and i feel like i'm about a month ahead of what they're getting as far as information that's out there um so i've been really busy with that but i've also been trying to work with my work because i uh, do my work which is i really feel to be like a beacon or a light to shine to people in times just like this, because there's a lot of people out there that are um, feeling a lot of despair and I don't blame them. You know, I, I feel it too, but I feel that uh, you, we also have to focus on how we're creating, you know, if we're letting fear create our every day, then it's not good for anybody. It's not good for your physical body. It's actually going to make you weaker. So we need to remember that, um, is are what we feeling is it because of fear or not so i guess we can kind of tie that into what we're talking to today a little bit too because I've, I've been really working on trying to dispel uh effect of fear on people you know we have we will have to realize that everything is a cycle no matter what's going on no matter what you believe or what is really going on everything is a cycle and that's what we talk about in the tarot every day you know everybody dies Sorry, guys, guess what? We're all going to die. We're already all dead. And that's I heard somebody say that the other day. They go, imagine that you're already dead and then write your eulogy every day. And I was like, wow, it's <laughs> amazing. So and, and going back to your concept of, of talking about fear, uh, this is a conversation. I had a, a Zoom Easter yesterday with Ooh, my family. Easter? I know, right? <laughs> um, and 
they, my family was asking like, how is everyone scared? Blah, blah, blah. And so on a scale of zero to 10, zero being nothing, 10 being like, oh my God, I'm so terrified. Where are you on that scale in terms of what's happening right now? Are you asking me? Yes, I'm asking you. Oh, okay. So I need for you to clarify now, where's my fear at what? Just a level of fear in general, or what am I afraid of also? No, just your level of fear in general, given the state of where we are right now, how everything is. I mean, I don't know because I'm not in Connecticut. I can only hear from like you or my parents uh, how things are there. Uh, what are how are you feeling? Well, as far as uh, you know, a sickness, I it's really weird. It's very conflicting because a lot of the research and a lot of stuff I'm doing. And looking into it, and like when I tell people are gonna hear me, they go whatever. But no, it's not like I just watch a video and I'm like, oh my god, like I will read things, I'll look at sources, I want to see who's putting out the material, why, what the numbers are, what the numbers were last year, like all these crazy things. And it looks like to me that this is being overreported. Like for some reason, it looks like they're really putting the scares to the people. Now I'm not saying there's nothing there because there is a angle out there of people trying to say that this is oh this is nothing. That's not what I'm saying. Like what I'm saying is I we, I really feel we're being lied to and that's what scares me. So my fear level on that, like if I'm going out in public, I don't I haven't been wearing a mask um because I feel that if this is something bad, I have to at least I need at least a gas mask. Uh you know, maybe an N95 will help you, but anything else is just uh false security and I'd rather live my life how I'm going to live it because I and also you know, when you have a mask on, you can, if you're a little sick, you can make yourself probably maybe even sicker because you're not getting fresh air. You know, there's a lot of different people that are weighing in and a lot of them are doctors and virologists. So, you know, that's a, a reason why I'm choosing not to wear a mask. And plus it's not mandatory. If they do make it mandatory, uh, you know, I really don't know what I'm going to do because <laughs> I don't really follow rules well because I'm a free citizen human being. So anyway, uh, but that's more what's scaring me is what the government's talking about, because people aren't really focusing that on that as much. And I understand it. People are focused more on the health crisis of this. But I think that's kind of the red herring where you really need to see what's going on with your government, um, because a lot of times when they take these powers, they don't always give them back. And that's what always makes me nervous, because you look back to 9-11, you know, we still have the TSA, which is wildly, in my opinion, they're wildly in uh uh, use, well, I don't want to say useless, but just they don't work very well. You know, every time they do those studies, mm -hmm. people get by on what weapons and stuff. But anyway, I just it, I feel that it, the reason is, is is the stuff I could bring it back to what we talk about all the time, which is individualism uh, opposed to collectivism. And when you have an, an agency like the TSA, I can speak from experience because I was in the Marine Corps. Now, the Marine Corps can be very efficient at a lot of things, but because of its size, you lose a lot of stuff. And if you don't have, you know, the discipline and the everything already set like the Marine Corps, if you just have people try to make this giant body out of nothing, it's not going to operate the way you want. And I would argue that individual security level at each airport to let them figure it out themselves would be way more effective. Um, so just that, for example, is an example. So all these solutions that we're hearing from the government are all these type of collectivist solutions. So they might be good for the government, but they're not really good for people overall. I feel that if you just put the information out to the people, they could figure it out for themselves, you know, and um, 
I know that it's hard to hear this, but like people, people die every day. And, you know, some people don't listen and this is something and it spreads and something happens. You know, that's, those are the consequences we have to live with. We all have to, uh, assume, you know, our own behavior and our own consequences. But when you lock people up like that, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just get really, it makes me nervous because I'm a big fan of history and things like, um, when bad things happen, this is kind of how they start. And I'm not saying I don't think this is, you know, like I said, I don't want to ramp everybody up and scare everybody. This could just be also a test. You know, they're locking everyone down to see how people react, stuff like that. And I, and I know I start to border on conspiracy a little bit here, but this is stuff that they talk about. You know, people had meetings. There's, you can look back, they did like an event 201 where they did a whole, uh, in back in October 2019, they did a whole, planning of this like an event where they broke it down they had a tabletop the cdc was there bill and melinda gates foundation world economic forum all these people were there and they like hey we're gonna simulate that a virus uh coronavirus spread throughout the whole world but it started in brazil but you know so there's stuff like that that they do people do um i don't really want to hijack this whole podcast and talk about that but that's that's the stuff i've been into so anyway if this any of this stuff interests you check me out at more laws it's my other website um, but like I said, even if that's all not true and this is just this is what they say it is and it's a really terrible um, virus that's out there and people are getting sick, I, in my opinion, this still isn't the way to handle it. And so then on your scale of, of fearfulness, <laughs> zero to ten, where do you think you are? I would say like a seven as far as what the government's doing. Um, as far as everything else, I'm like at a three. Mm-hmm. You know, because oh, as can you hear that? The siren, the flood sirens are going off. Um, just because I know that uh, if it was some evil, nefarious plan by the government, that they want us to be in fear. You know, that's all you got to do is look at the media that's coming out. And what I do is, if I it looks like they want me to be mad about something, then I'm not mad and I'll investigate it. If it looks like they want me to be afraid of something, then I'm not afraid. I'll just investigate it for myself. Mm-hmm. And upon that investigation that I've done a lot of research, like I said, I've had a lot of free time. There's a lot of doctors that have a lot of different opinions. So, you know, like I said, look out there and, and do your own research. But I don't really think it warrants locking people in their houses. But then again, if you ask me, nothing warrants that. So <laughs> um, I am going to agree with you on that. And I know <laughs> that, you know, I think everyone wants to have this idealized view that no one in their family is going to get sick and die. And the reality is people are living now longer than I think that they're supposed to live. You know, if you look back as also an avid fan of history, even 100 years ago, our our lifespan was not what it is. And we have all these things to keep people propped up and alive. And it's like there is such a thing called survival of the fittest. <laughs> and if I'm not part of the fittest, I'm not part of the fittest. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, I, I get it. I, I won't go to as far as that extreme but i understand exactly what you're saying <laughs> but the only reason i'm saying that is because then some people will start to creep into oh well we're overpopulated anyway so who cares when i say that no that is actually a myth we are not overpopulated there's plenty of plenty of uh space on this earth for us uh we're actually headed maybe for a depopulation crisis you should look into that because no one's having children uh that's why they called them the baby boomers because they had all the babies but now that they're uh you know dying and uh, it's us. But anyway, um, 
I, like I said, I think it's just the the key message I try to tell people is turn off the TV. Um, if you want to look yes. into this stuff, look into it. There's plenty of people doing work. Just be very um, conscious of the information that you take in. You have to know that there's angles out there. People are selling information because they have motives or some people are just doing honest work. You know, you, you got to make up the, the uh, your own mind. Um, but as far as, yeah, like you said, even if this was a terrible thing, getting everybody sick, you know, locking people up and closing restaurants and businesses, in my opinion, is going to have a far more devastating effect. And when people say, oh, you're worried about the economy, I'm like, well, the economy is just people. That's all it is. Economy means people interacting. That's all that means. Yeah, we interact because of money. And if you want to talk about changing that system, I'm all ears. Let's do it. But that's how we do it. That's how we have to get fed. That's how we have to feed our families. And I really feel that a lot of these families are going to be struggling because they don't understand how it works geopolitically and how much we do depend on China for our lifestyle, you know? So maybe what's coming is something that we, it's kind of like a comeuppance. It's like a natural law karma thing because we've been, you know, in this country and I'm not trying to, you know, uh, I'm part of it. You know, I live in this first world country too, but if you look at all the stuff that I buy from China, that's cheap that we all buy. And then you look at how they're living, they're all living like slaves over there mostly. So we can live this lifestyle, you know, uh, maybe there's a balancing coming. Um, but like what I said, you know, it's all about individual uh, solutions. So I'm not like doom and gloom over here. I'm just trying to wake people up, trying to scare you awake. Like, hey, wake up. We need to look around us and and focus on that. Don't worry. I mean, yeah, worry about what's going on in the world. But look what's going on right in front of you. Are you allowed to even go out in a park? Are you allowed to walk outside your house? Well, then maybe you should get together to get together with people in your community that agree with you, but also disagree with what's going on and have a discussion. Because that's what this country is supposed to be about. Do you remember that, guys? I don't know. <laughs> and like I said, you know, I, I was talking about this on a video. And I'm like, listen, I'm not saying we should all hug and kiss and, and start high-fiving right away and, and sneezing on each other. You know, we could. there's ways to do this like adults. I just feel like we're being treated like children. And especially when I heard that they're going to close all the state parks because people can't since some people can't behave, then we're going to we're going to yep. close all the state parks. Well, that feels like I'm back in the Marines. And that's the closest I've ever been to direct chattel slave of uh, being a direct chattel slave my whole life. I mean, I'm definitely a, a wage slave, <laughs> but like as we all are. But, um, you know, so I don't want to be I don't think that that it goes against rights. That's not right. It goes not only does it go against like the Constitution, but it goes against your human basic human right as a human. As you know, if you believe that you're your own property and you own yourself, then you should be able to allow you should be able to allow to travel wherever you want as long as you're not um, going on someone else's private property. You know, like state land, that's a big thing. That's supposed to be land we all pay for and we all own. They can't just turn it off and on without a, a damn good reason. You know, like I would maybe there's bears in the woods, but even then, give me a gun. That's fine. But yeah, I, and I think if this, people this, are making uh, those decisions consciously. Yes. And they're the ones that have to live with the repercussions. Yes. And they should be allowed to do those things. That yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's how that's how it's supposed to work. And you know, people will say, Well, if you don't like it, go to the air. And they're like, No, that's no, honestly, you're you're allowing what's really going on is that they're allowing psychopaths who are like these wolves in sheep's clothing, they act like they're really nice and they act like they have their best your best interest in mind. You know, but they get in the society and then they start to have all these great ideas. And then when, you know, like, a, for instance, a tragedy happens like 9-11 or like this, 
you know, you could say whatever you want about who or what or how this might have came to happen or 9-11 if it really happened or was it an inside job? Who knows? But just look at what happened after and look at what happened as a result. You know, did these people come in, you know, after 9-11, did they come in with um, – did they say, hey, you know, why did these terrorists attack us, man? You know, why were they so mad? Did, we should read what they wrote. Are, were they really pissed because we're killing children? You know, we killed millions of children with our sanctions in the Middle East. So they said, hey, we got to strike out. No. Did we do that? No. We came with a, a giant bill that must have taken months to write. But that week, hey, we got this bill that's like we're going to fuck the American people and take all their <laughs> privacy away <laughs> and then have war with all these. You know, so that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about. You have to look at their actions and you can even go back and look at when they're signing that or even now when Trump was signing this stuff, he was signing now. They're grinning ear to ear, guys. Those people are so happy that they fooled the majority of the people to 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 uh you know what did he just do a, a 6.2 trillion dollar no everyone's saying it's 2.2 trillion but after also it's all said and done it's going to be like 6.2 trillion but uh this sounds like it's not even a tarot podcast anymore <laughs> all right so then let's get back to what we're going to be talking about today what well, do you want if you want we could stop and i can make this i could just make this a, a podcast on its own or we could just keep this as part of the tarot podcast i don't care it's up to you i love it so if you love yeah. it we'll keep it okay yeah never mind. I all right, it's staying in then. I just didn't know if you thought I went too far. <laughs> Please. Um, and now you've gone too far. All right, everybody. Anyway, go ahead. What are we talking about today, Ashley? Today we are finishing up our Pentacles series. We are back and going to finish this up before we move on to our last suit, which is wands. Uh, we wanted to give you a brief update about what we've been doing and what's been going on in our lives, in case you were wondering. And 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 so now what we do is what I normally do for this part of the podcast. And sorry, I'm like going through my dog's neck and I'm seeing that she did actually have some puncture wounds. Poor angel. Um, sorry. Um, I am going to give us a description of the card and we just do initial thoughts and then we will be talking about the different parts of it and then how it applies to different types of readings. All right. So this card. I'm looking at it and I see this bright yellow background and I see this figure on a horse front and center and they're facing over towards the right hand side of the card. The figure is wearing a suit of armor, but they've got this red tunic on um, kind of over belted around the waist. And it looks like the little normally it's like the little feathered part at the top of the helmet. It looks like a tree. The horse is black and it has these red coverings on it. And um, in terms of like the muzzle and the saddle, and then it's also got something down at the back, like towards the tail. And then the horse is standing all four feet, it looks like on the ground, on this green, um, looks like a little hill. And then you see these like tilled fields behind it, trees over in the bottom right hand side, and then mountains in the far um, left hand side of the card. And the figure that's on the horse, the knight itself is holding the pentacle in, it looks like potentially both hands, but right now we only see it on one hand because we just see a profile view. Okay, thoughts on the card. You initially look at it, what do you think? Um, well, initially when I looked at this card, this is a card that I probably noticed early on in my uh, Adventures in the Tarot, which only began maybe, you know, about like a short year or a month ago, something like that, not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Um. But I, I was really drawn to this card because it just looks like he, this guy, like, knows what he's doing. He's, it looks like he's kind of taking a survey of the land. He stopped there. He's looking around. And he, he's kind of deciding where he wants to go, but in a way that he's, like, making an informed decision. And it's based on 
what he's creating. And he's holding this thing in his hand like he's proud of it. This is his life's work. Mm -hmm. And he's going to continue to walk his path. So I kind of got that feeling out of it. Um, What about you? So for me, this um, this night looks the most stationary out of all of them because the all four feet are on the ground. There's it looks like no movement. It's just kind of like and to me, that's giving more of a sense of responsibility um, and a little bit more of like uh, a dependability than maybe some of the other ones where you see them. It looks like rushing off into something or or trying to move ahead and do something. There's maybe there's a sense of planning here and that lack of I think a lot of times a childlike want to uh, go go somewhere so qu- quickly and, and get to the end of something. And I don't necessarily see that here. Um, and I think that for me, it kind of ties into like that earthly nature of the, the pentacles themselves. Yeah, like a stability. Very stable. I like and, that. And not ruled. Um, and like not ruled by emotion. Kind of like planning it out, being smart about how to move forward or what to do next. Um, All right, so let's look at the different parts here of the card. Uh, Let's start off with the ground that the horse is standing on. What did you think? Well, it's funny because it's earth, but it's it's drawn to be like it's water. So I, it kind of reminds me that, um, you know, the elements, even though they're separate, they can have characteristics that are the same or you can use them as an analogy so you can use like this rolling hill as an analogy maybe for rolling waves so it's similar as you can look at it in a similar way or similar way that you would uh use it as apply it as an analogy i guess but i also like how he's standing firmly on the green like on the green soft grass because it just adds to that not only stability but it adds also to um the comfort you know like he's in a comfortable spot and then the horse's foot also kind of looks like it's a tree coming out or like something mm-hmm. that's like really uh, firm, like a stable foundation. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I look at this and I think um, it's kind of like I was talking about before with uh, the the way this is positioned. There, the horse and then therefore the figure standing on this green patchy area, but that could mean also for me that it's like this area that has been tilled and is growing something. And then you see those kind of that tilled soil behind them. It's like, that's an area that they're working on and maybe they haven't seen the fruits of their labor there yet, but they've seen what can happen when they do work the land in the land that they're standing on right now. Also, I was thinking, you know, it shows that there's an ownership there because if I'm thinking about a land that has grass and, and all of this plant life and I see this field of soil I don't necessarily want to stand on these growing plants. I'd want to stand on the plain soil because I'm not going to be hurting anything, right? I'm not going to be trampling anything. But it maybe shows, like, this was my area that I took advantage of and and I brought to to life. And so I can stand here and it's not a big deal. Yeah, A little bit of an an ownership over uh, the work put in, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so what did you think about the horse, well, I love the fact that he is black and he has those dark eyes because, I don't know, you always, we always see the white horse and everything, you know, you behold the pale white horse and it's always about the white horse. And I feel that 
just in this society, nobody ever wants to look at the darkness, the shadow. And, you know, you even look at like Christianity, the evil is supposed to be bad. The dark is you're not supposed to look at it. You're supposed to just repress it. So I feel like this guy isn't doing that. He is owning his shadow and he's riding that to where it needs to go. But he does have a firm control and a firm grip of it. You can tell by the bridle and by the uh, the reins that he has a really firm grip. And then even on the back, the horse has the straps on it. So it's not like he's just out there engaging in escapism and letting his dark side take over. He No, he went inside and did the shadow work and he's able to now use that. He's able to harness it literally like a horse and ride it where he needs to go when he needs to. And then when he needs to get down, he can get down and he doesn't need that. And I, you know, I love what you said about the the darkness. And I think what's important to know is that, like, you need to have darkness. That's how you can appreciate, quote unquote, light. But even like for plants, it's important for plants to have a period of time where the sun isn't out. The sun's out all the time beating on these plants. They probably shrivel up and die unless they were properly acclimated to living in that type of environment you know and so that's why nighttime is very important for some of these plants to be able to have the flowers open up or things to grow and 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 i think that a lot of times that's overlooked because it is looked at as like being like evil or or negative and i think that him harnessing that power just shows that he understands the importance and the balance between the light and the dark yeah yeah so like did it. you did you have any thoughts about the redness of like the bridle and this thing on the back of the horse? Um, I just kind of feel like it's that uh, you know if you think of the red, it goes back to alchemy with the Rubido stage, and it's the um, it's the reddening, it's the actual doing the work. So you can think of it as doing the shadow work. So, but it's doing it in a mindful way, like I said. So for me, that's kind of what that means. He's using it in a mindful way to get that work done what about you yeah I mean I didn't really have any thoughts there um just because I don't normally associate red with um like a color of the earth I it would for me be more of a color of fire um as opposed to like you know a green or a brown or something like that so I was just kind of thrown off by the color choice there and that he's like cloaked in it um, but now let's move on to the actual knight himself. All right. What did you think of him? Um, well, like I was saying earlier, he looks like he's very, very uh, sure of himself, very confident, but not cocky. He's, you know, he's using his ego, but he's using it like a tool. He's not using it um, like a hammer. You can use it to bang nails or like a hammer you can you know run out and start smashing everyone you see in the head <laughs> so but he's using it in the positive way which is great and um i also like that he's armored fully his feet are armored because we talked about what that means before it's like a kind of like a crab so you have a, another shout out to water a little bit here but it's so maybe in the inside he's got that soft um emotion that he can feel but on the outside he's keeping the armor so he's not letting everything in He's only letting in what he allows to let in. Mm-hmm. And I also kind of like how he has that top of the head. It's like that bush, kind of like a like a tree coming out, because it mm-hmm. just it gives him it it completes it where he has green on the you know his horse's feet are on the green grass and then the top of his head has the green. So it's like completing that circle. And the horse too has a little couple sprig or uh, sprigs of a uh, some kind of plant. Um, 
you know, I'm looking at it and I love what you said about the, um, tying the armor into the crab. I'm also just looking at the, like, he has that tuft of green at his head, which kind of looks like the planting, like the, or like the, um, the leafy part of a tree. And then if you think about the trunk, it is like a protective armor to help protect the inside part of the tree, which is where like the, the nutrients can go absorbed from the roots up through to the leaves. Um, and you have this life kind of the life vein underneath the hardened trunk. And I really like that kind of idea of, then you see also inside you get to see his face. So it's like, there is that softness inside that life inside the hardness there. So that's what I saw when I looked at it. Um, Again, going back to, like, he's wearing this red cloak that has, like, a tire on the center. Very thrown off by that. Still, like, not sure why they decided to do that. Well, it could still have to do, like I said, with the alchemy aspect of it, where he's in constant, um, you know, it's it's something where you're always working on yourself. You're never you're never done working with yourself. I'm sorry, you're never done working on yourself. It's it's a constant thing you have to be conscious of every day. Um and it's not that you have to be hard on yourself. It's it's more that you actually have to be able to forgive yourself and you have to be easy on yourself. Because I feel that we're taught, especially the way we were growing up, um, we're always told what to do. And then we constantly are looking for outside rewards. So so we're, we're looking for approval. So did I do okay on this test? Yes. All right. You get praised. Did I do bad? No, you did bad. You get you get yelled at. So I feel we like we internalize those voices. And then later in life, those voices are still coming at us whenever we perceive in our own mind that we failed. But even though everyone around us is like, no, you're killing it, man. What are you, what are you talking about? You're doing better because they're so worried about their own stuff. But um, so I feel that's always something it's good to be conscious of. And I also wanted to bring up one last thing about the armor was that he has his face shield up. So right now it's not really a time for battle right now. He's surveying the land. He's checking it out. So he looks like he's coming out of that, but he's always mm -hmm. ready in a moment's notice if he has to put it down. Yep. All right. So then what did you, what were your thoughts on the way he's holding that pentacle? I think he's holding it up there for the world to see, but he's also using it like a guide, like a compass. Mm -hmm. So it, he's keeping himself grounded, but you could see easily that his head is in the sky. You know, it's in that yellow sky that I'm sure you'll have something to say about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree that he's looking at it like almost like a tool, like a map or something to kind of guide him. Um, or then I also think like there's not really a place for him to put it away. So maybe it could also potentially be a distraction um, and something that could prohibit him from moving forward in the most efficient way. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, either negatively or maybe in the reverse. You know, if it comes up that way, you could tell somebody that, hey, maybe you are focusing too much on whatever it is in this earthly realm. You need to get your head back into the sky and put this away. Um, all right. So then, yes, I do want to talk about the yellow background, which is normally where I start. What did you what were your thoughts there? Oh, uh, what? No, go ahead. You go. I love the combination of the darkness of the horse and the yellow background. It gives me this idea that it's very bright out. It's very light out, which uh, would be a very positive uh, experience if you're trying to grow something you need to have all this sunlight you need to have that like warmth that doesn't look like super cold there you don't see snow or anything like that and I think there's a nice balance between the yellow and the black kind of the light and the dark um to showcase why it's necessary that you need those things in order for the plants to grow and now looking at it you can also see there's a little bit of a plant on the horse's head too yeah a little so where you might think up. 
where you might think like, okay, it's all dark and there's nothing that's going to grow there. He even has something growing on his head. What were your thoughts? I love that contrast also of the two colors and I didn't notice it at first. I mean, obviously it's, it's like hiding in plain sight, but once you said that it really made me think and it made me think that earlier or how I was saying how he's out there riding it and he's like doing that shadow work. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also doing it in the light of day for everybody to see. It's not like it's uh, some moped that he's driving to get to work and he doesn't want anyone to see him driving it. You know, he's out there letting everybody know. And the fact that they use the yellow is great because it's more it more kind of illustrates light. And mm-hmm. so he's surrounded by that light. So you can even look at this as the golden hour. Maybe it is right before the dawn. And that's why he has this map out because he's looking for a safe place to shelter. Uh, for that darkness, because like I said in the beginning of this podcast, everything goes in cycles. So maybe he came from a victorious battle. He's been doing really well, but the night's coming and uh, maybe he's by himself. So the night has to face the dark night all alone. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other thoughts before we move on to meanings here? No. OK, so if this came up in a general reading, what would you say? If this came up in a general reading, I would say that this is time to pause and reflect on the next steps that you're going to take. Like I had just uh, said, maybe you're coming off of a time where everything was really good, a bountiful time. Similar to now, I can even tie it into similar events. You know, we came off a time where we were doing really well. Supposedly, the economy was doing really well. Everyone was, everybody apparently had a job. Um, And now we're in these unknown times. And right now, this could be the exact position we find ourselves because we stopped Right. So this guy was on his journey and then he stopped because he noticed it was the golden hour starting to get dark. What's going on? Maybe he wasn't paying attention to what time it was. He was just riding along, having a good time because he just won this battle and everything was going well and he thought it was going to last forever. But the problem is there's cycles. So now instead of being afraid and scared and panicking, what is he doing? He's stopping. He pulls out this pinnacle. It's what he's done his whole life. It's the work that he's put in and he's using this. And he's using this for perspective, just like you said, like a compass or like something you would use to read the night sky, whatever they call Mm -hmm. those things. You know, Um, he's he's using that. And it's his knowledge of the earth, of earthly things, of the physical realm, of this physical realm, because that's what's really going to be affected, um, I feel. And he's using that to see where he's going to go next or maybe where he's going to shelter down or bunker down for a while. Um, But he's not stopping uh, I mean, he's not going backwards. He's just stopping to assess where he is. He's not afraid. He's, uh, you know, he's going to ride into it triumphantly no matter what it is. Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, kind of my initial thoughts for me showcase what I thought would this would come up in a general reading. It would be like taking the time to make a plan or be smart about decisions as opposed to just kind of acting instinctively. I think there's a time and a place to be, um, you know, kind of fly by the seat of your pants and, And just not planning things out and just doing whatever you want and kind of being like, I'm just going to figure it out. And I think there's a time to to sit and make a plan and try and follow said plan. Um, And I feel like that's what this knight is doing. He had followed this plan. He was a little bit more reliable and trusty and responsible than some of the other knights. Um, And sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't, you know. Um, And so I think if it came up in a general reading, I would say be be conscious of the fact that sometimes, you know, what they normally say, the best laid plans often go awry, right? Just because you plan something out doesn't mean it's going to come to the, it's going to, you know, happen the way that you want it to happen and everything's going to work out. But 
there is a level of comfort sometimes associated with having a plan for somebody like me. For okay. Sure. Let's say this came up in a relationship reading. What would you say? Ooh, well, why don't you go first there? Okay. So I said that if this came up in a relationship reading, this is, it could go one of two ways in terms of interpretation for the person. You were either that person that is that, um, that responsible kind of reliable mate and it it's nice to have the balance of somebody who isn't that um but you know that that's kind of what you offer and and sometimes it you know that's what you're also looking for I think a lot of times people who are very responsible and um reliable and plan things out like having a mate that's very similar because that's their level of comfort um so either you know that you're providing that type of partnership to somebody or that's what you're looking for if you're somebody that is kind of very scatterbrained and doesn't plan things out and does act very impulsively maybe it would be nice to have somebody that could help rein that in a little bit to help you be a little bit more focused um and you know there's a yin and a yang right there's a balance a given a, a take of of having those two types of personalities if you're single i'd say like look for the person that could maybe provide that for you or know that that's your job so you know really think about what is exactly I'm looking for in a mate? Or if you're in a relationship, maybe coming together to make a plan in terms of what exactly you feel that where this relationship could be going and what do you want for the two of you or however many there are in said relationship? Like what is your, what are your goals? Do you have goals together? And I think it's nice to have somebody to work towards something with because it helps maintain that focus. All right. What did you think? I was all yeah. over the place there. No, that was great. Well, I think the common theme thread that was going through everything what you just said there was that it's important to know that opposites attract. You know, that's look at magnetism. That's how it works. And it's because if you become conscious of this, you can work on each other's uh, you can work on each other's kind of weaknesses. You can help each other. You can cover for each other or you can even learn how. Uh, you might be able to feed, like one could feed off of your weakness. If you have a weakness in one area, it might be someone's strength, so it actually helps them. It's something that they love. So um, these are all really important things uh, to look at because in this society, I feel that we're just told, you know, you find somebody on an app or you find somebody at a bar and, you know, then you, you're like, all right, they're, 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 they meet my level of attractiveness and uh, they put up with my shit, so I guess we'll give this a try. <laughs> you know, like, and yes. Then, it becomes yes. a um, it, it, it's not a it's not a true partnership or union. It becomes a competition. And it's this isn't a judgment because I've been in these relationships and, and everyone's probably been in these relationships. And if you haven't, then you don't you could just skip ahead and then we'll wait for you in the next uh, thing. But anyway, just kidding. Yeah. But no. So I think that these are just good things to be conscious of, because if we could figure this out, then you could just build a better partnership and then if you're honest with yourself and you're trying to give it a run with a person in a relationship, then maybe you come to a point where like, well, maybe we should just be friends. This isn't working or, Hey, maybe this is working great. You know, maybe we should, uh, let's move to Hawaii and become pineapple farmers. You know, I don't know, but I'm down. I think, no. yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I think this, this card symbolizes that perfectly because it is about opposites. You have the black horse, you have the yellow sky, um, they come together. You have this rider who you would normally r imagine something like this on a white horse, you know, but no, he's out there and he's riding that shadow. He's using his ego, whatever it is, that dark side of him that he needs to get where he's going, but he, he has it harnessed and he's, he's, uh, he's 
he's got it uh, under control is what I should say. So I think right. that's, that'll about cover that. Someone this, let's say this comes up in a career focus reading. What do you say? Um, in a career focus reading, I would say similarly, this is a good time. Like I said, to stop and survey the area to, to very, to survey the land and see what's going to happen next in your career because he's, holding that pentacle. So this really is kind of representing his life's work. So maybe it's a time for you to, because of everything that's going on right now, if you're somebody like me, that's out of work, I'll just give you my personal example. I can't DJ and play music for people. So what am I doing? I'm trying to make people laugh with silly videos. I'm putting out some truth that I'm coming across that I feel like is not being put out there. <laughs> you know, there's like different sides of stories and I'm trying to just kind of quell panic and, and um, quell fear. And I feel that, Maybe I'm not getting paid directly for it, but how I feel about it and, and the work it's doing, it, it's paying off and it's going to pay off in the long uh -huh. run, I feel. You know, like I'm already starting to make connections, so I feel uh, it can pay off. And hey, if you're somebody who likes what I do or what me and Ashley do, remember, you could support us. You could go to ComedyLOL.com and you can click on the PayPal and just directly just donate to us. Nothing comes out of that if you do that. And then or you could go to Patreon and become a monthly patron. And uh, that's something I want to talk about in this episode because I've been putting stuff on our Patreon lately. And I'm also going to be talking to Ashley about extra stuff we can do and put up there for patrons. And I also want to start putting podcasts up there early. So if you join our patron, I mean, you could just give us two, three, five dollars a month, whatever you think is uh, is your value or whatever you can afford if you can. And then we'll give you extra stuff. And maybe we'll even do like a live stream where you can ask us questions and we can like read cards for you or whatever. We have, a, you know, we have these ideas in mind, especially because we can't go anywhere right now. So exactly. if you guys like what we're doing, hit us up, let us know. You know the ways to do that. Um, that's just my way to sneak a little bit of a commercial in there. And that's what I would do because that's exactly what I'm doing for my career. So learn from my example is what I could tell you. What about you? What would you say when a career reading? Um, I said that if this came up in a career reading, I would look at it as kind of an opportunity to stray from the path. I was actually literally just having this conversation with somebody. There is something to be said about this, you know, planning and, and trying to organize your life and saying, like, this is what I'm going to be focused on, focusing on and also doing that for projects. And sometimes I think you need to have these stepping stones in order to focus on something and see it through to the end. But I think that this is a great opportunity, like especially, you know, given my current uh employment situation, career situation, this card came up, I'd say like, now's the time to say that this wasn't the plan I had in place, but it's an opportunity for me to make a new plan and maybe till a new field to create a new opportunity for myself. Yeah. Like an so online I, camp. Oh, don't even get me started on that. Exactly about that. Um, okay. So online magic camp. <laughs> Um, all right. Any final thoughts on this card before we move on? Uh, yes, we should start an online magic camp. <laughs> Sorry. No, um, I, no uh, I agree with you. I think we should. I think the, the only other thing I could really say about this is that, um, every card's a mirror and, you know, this card for some reason really stuck out to me originally. So I think that other people maybe should take a look at it. You know, the one last thing we could say, is maybe his eyes, the horse's eyes look like they're red or they're dark. And I kind of feel like that really just goes to the darkness I was talking about and that shadow work. And it's just so important to do, you know, and people ask what shadow work is. It's, it's like meditation. It's, it's basically just sitting down in a quiet room and then, you know, these thoughts come up and these things you don't want to deal with 
it's what we do. It's sometimes why we watch TV because we don't want to deal with this stuff or eat and whatever. We just we feel like we're bored, but it's that we it's not that we're really bored, but we just <laughs> we can't. It's like we can't keep these thoughts at bay that we're uh, problems that we don't want to deal with or whatever it is, things that are going on in our life, whatever addictions. Like I said, there's so many things. We all have our own shit. So I feel that if we could own that, um, look at it and own it and feel it, feel those emotions uh, and know that it's okay. You know, and I was just talking with somebody about this recently and I'll, I'll finish up by just saying this really quickly that, you know, people say they look back in history and they go, how can the Nazis do what they did? It was so terrible. How can they do what they did? I would never be able to do that. And I think that's a giant mistake. I think we all have to realize that we're all people and we all have evil inside us, quote unquote, that if left unchecked could cause us to, uh, manifest those behaviors and, and we would be manifesting those behaviors, but we would be thinking we're doing something good. And I, I feel that until you come to grips, until you come to terms with the fact that you could do evil and you realize that I, I feel that in my opinion, that you can be tricked easily into evil. If you think you can't be, if you're not capable of it, then you'll, you're easily more tricked into it. So I think it's just really good thing to do to be conscious of your dark side, you know, mm-hmm. get in there, find out what it is, man. You know, there's reasons why we're, you know, our society's effed up, man. And, uh, we got to own it. And I'm not saying go out there and like start and murder people, just, you know, feel those feelings and get them out there. Talk about it. Um, even just with yourself, do some art and think about it. You know, if you had terrible things happen to you, we all did when we were, you know, when we were younger, probably maybe things happen, you know, whatever. Um, or even recently, whatever it is, but you can just put it out in art. You could sing, you could you could draw, you can paint. There's just ways to do it. You can meditate. Um, you could do mushrooms. I don't know. There's there's ways to do this. But instead of repressing this and keeping it held down and pointing at it in other people, that's what happens. We project and we see the evil things in ourselves and other people, and we go after them. And uh, we don't even know their whole story. You know, we mm-hmm. think we do, and we go after them. So that's my final thought on this card. <laughs> All right, so now for the next part of our podcast, <laughs> we look at uh, the same card in a different deck. So for this part, Brandon gives the description, and we just kind of give our initial thoughts on it. So for this one, it'll be the Knight of Discs. All right, this card is very, very similar to the card in the Rider Weight, which we normally don't see at all. We actually have, I mean, there are a lot of differences, but it is very, very similar. There is a Knight, there he is on a horse, um, but this one is a lot more... It's it's central, so you kind of see the whole horse. That's the first difference. Um, and then he's surrounded by, I would say, like weeds or kind of reeds. And instead of holding a pentacle in his right hand, he's actually holding a weapon. And then in his left hand, he's holding a shield, which looks like what is going to be the pentacle, which is much larger than it is in the other card. And this knight, his armor is all black, and the horse is actually a brown, kind of black mixture, like a dark brown. Um, this knight is wearing a cape instead of a any kind of shirt or tunic um, similar red uh, I guess you would say saddle and horse, uh, ornament. Got a plane. Mm-hmm. it is and see they're still flying everybody um, and then it looks like emanating from the shield a there's a yellow glow that's coming around so it kind of looks like the shield is maybe reflecting the sun back we just can't see it we're looking at it from the other angle and it looks like the landscape goes up to a mountain in the distance and um i guess the only other thing i could say is this the horse it's different because the horse is kind of looking at us it's looking at the card reader it has his head down and the knight 
Um, his helmet is instead of being like grass or, or uh, like a bush in the other one, it's metal and it looks like it's some kind of other maybe stallion with different horns and stuff. So it's pretty interesting. I would say check it out. And remember, guys, you can go to our Instagram at Terrible 2 on Instagram, T-A-R-O-T-V-U-L-L, the number two, and you'll see a picture of this card. I highly suggest it. Check it out because it's very awesome. I mean, I want to blow this up and put it on my wall. I don't know about you, but... I, you know, I really appreciate this card. I really love the expression on the horse's face because I feel like you've got to finally see one of the animals here um, in a card. And he looks very pensive and um, very stoic. And and I really, uh, I love that the, the uh, um, shield almost looks like it, the sun is starting out behind it. And it looks like that is the starting point of the light, kind of like this fight, even for survival, could be the starting point. Um, and I love that there's this 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 animal on top of the helmet. I'm looking at this. I love that he doesn't have a sh- uh, a sword. That he has. It looks like nunchucks. It gives it more <laughs> of like a a little bit more of a primitive feel. Yeah, and he looks a lot more badass. Mm-hmm. He's like a short, stout, similar like you would see like a dwarf in Lord of the Rings or whatever. But he's and he looks very battle hardened, and he looks like he's just ready to go. Like he doesn't care. He's like, we've done this, we're doing it, let's go. He's mm-hmm. a professional for sure. Yeah, I love it. I love the growth of the reeds and the plants. It looks like wheat, which could be like bread, like the bread of life, kind of this giving them an opportunity to grow. And I love how his cape kind of goes back into the mountains in the background. It kind of looks like wings. Did you notice also how he's kind of part of the horse? If you look very closely because his stomach or whatever would be his sternum, I guess, uh, or his, um, his abdomen is kind of like fused in with where the saddle and the horse meet. You know what I mean? It's like all one. You see that? I do. Mm hmm. That's very interesting because it kind of makes it look like the horse's head is now like phallic, you know, like it's. Yes. Oh, 100 percent. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never really noticed that before. That's nuts. Um, I like the darkness of his of his armor again against the the juxtaposition of the lightness from the um, uh, the sun behind the shield. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we get that light versus darkness. And I, I like it because he's kind of. He's shielding himself from it, but he's still allowing some to come through. So there's a really good balance and he's like reflecting it back also. Looks um, like he's creating like a whole force field with the light rays. So he's using the mm-hmm. light to protect himself also. And I like how there's there's no real detail work on his face. So it makes it feel like it could be anybody. Yeah. And it makes him also feel indifferent to the situation. You know, he's just out there doing his dharma. He's doing what he has to do. If he has to go kill a bunch of uh, bandits, then that's what he's got to do. We got to keep the village safe, man. You know, he's just out there on the wall doing his duty. <laughs> hmm. All right. Did you have any other thoughts, any final thoughts on this one? Um, no, I mean, there's tons of symbolism in here. So I, like I said, I would highly suggest people check it out. I mean, I really like the shield, what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you see seven points, one, two, three, four, five. No, there's six, six points showing. So that's got to tell you something. Um, and then also the horse to me looks 
like a lizard or maybe like a snake kind of. So it has that even mm, extra mm-hmm. earthly feel to mm-hmm. it. So it could be like some kind of maybe even demon, but yeah. And then his whole cape is bringing him back and blending into the earth. So it's more like he's not even a real, um, it, he's like a projection of the earthly realm coming out to life, you know, like just being spawned by. Cause if you even look at the horse's legs or like a shadow coming out, like a shadowy mist. So mm-hmm. it's like, it could be even like a ghost, like uh, the headless horseman almost. Did you hear that? What was that? <laughs> this guy outside. Is that our third co-host that we don't even know about? <laughs> oh, guys, we have a guest. We have a guest. Uh... Not sure who it is. Um... That's great. Whoa. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. I. Now that you say that about the the horse, I definitely see the lizard-like qualities there, especially in the like nuzzle part of it, the nose. Um. And his eyes. Yeah. Look at the eyes. But I still think he's so cute. Oh, yeah, um, totally. Okay. Um, so let's talk about what we're doing next. Next, we're going to be starting into the suit of wands. And we're going to start, this is our last suit. So we'll start like we always do with the ace. And we'll talk about like what are wands. Maybe we should do a review, like a recap of all of the suits since we haven't really talked about them in so long and then jumping back into what we were going to do which is our diving deeper into different uh uh star signs astrological signs yeah all right that sounds good good idea i like the idea of coming back to all the symbols because then we could not only revisit what they mean for us and for our listeners but then we can kind of see how we've our understanding of them has changed and grown throughout this time. Cause it's been almost a year, right? What did we started in June? So we got a couple of months and then we're, we'll be there. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's where we're going to be at. Hopefully we can get that going back to a weekly thing. You know, I feel like we're both unemployed, but we're both so busy. Yeah. You're doing I, legitimate work, me doing whatever nonsense I do to <clears> fill up my day. <laughs> watching <laughs> i think we could figure something out we can also probably get a schedule together where we could do like a back-to-back episodes or something this way we can get ahead of it i think we'll be all right i was reading it's very important since we're all at home to set up a schedule so my schedule is wake up and stare at my phone and then eat and then then clean my room for the eight thousandth time and then eat again play with gizzy go to bed no, I'm sorry. Uh, Every night I watch Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, well, you got to have a routine. That's a good schedule. I like that. You should submit that to uh, whoever said you should have a schedule. But here's my schedule. What's yours? It's like awesome. winning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> winning. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrible Podcast. Remember, you can find us always at terrible.com. T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L.com or on Instagram at terrible 2 uh, and you can also give us money, donate, whatever. It's all that comedy, lol.com. And until next time, stay terrible. terrible. Yeah, LOL Podcast Network.